What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode number two of the weekly wrap-up show here on the All-American Sports Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Chris Carr, bringing you guys once again episode two here on the show um, of the weekly wrap-up show. I got some good feedback uh, last week. Um, I think basically the only change I'm going to make is getting a set schedule. Not sure just yet. Um, I'm going to try to, you know, come out with them at least every weekend. Uh, that'll probably turn into, you know, a Saturday at some time or whatever. But for right now, just every weekend, um, we hope to have some special guests on here and maybe a little bit shorter episodes. Um, but yeah, I thought last week was a big hit. Thank you guys for the feedback and I uh, hope to continue it. If you're new to the show, uh, we go over the big sports headlines of the week, recap them, break them down, give my opinion on them. In the future, we hope to have some special guests join me to analyze them. Uh, we're taking them from today, the MLB, NBA, and NFL. we got a lot to talk about, so I will jump right in. Starting off with Major League Baseball, just going to be a quick segment here reacting to the Field of Dreams game this week. Beautiful, beautiful game in Iowa between the White Sox and the Yankees. Exciting presentation by Major League Baseball, but also a very exciting game. Um, capped off by a Tim Anderson walk-off. Uh, next, we got the NBA Summer League standouts. I'll give five players, not necessarily the best five players, but five players that are standing out to me, plus a few others. And we'll talk about LiAngelo Ball. He's really been the talk of the Summer League. Uh, what the Hornets should do with him. Should they sign him? Is he going to make a team? What's going to happen with him? We'll cover all that. And then the NFL, we got NFL preseason and training camp action. If you haven't checked it out, I did come out with a podcast um, after I attended New England Patriots training camp. That was a Boston-based episode, um, but check that out. I go over the quarterback battle between Cam Newton and uh, Mac Jones, along with a lot of other topics in that. Um, but today we're covering the whole NFL preseason training camp battles, specifically focusing on the quarterback battles. We got the Saints football team, Broncos, Patriots, Jaguars, uh, 49ers, Bears, talk Steelers, Cowboys, that Hall of Fame game, Hard Knocks, and about the rookie quarterbacks that we're seeing this weekend all on the show. So first starting off with Major League Baseball, um, this is going to be the quickest segment because not a ton to talk about in the future as we move through the season, I'll probably do some more standings updates but today we had a big event in Major League Baseball um, on Thursday, MLB Field of Dreams game. Uh, just a great presentation all around. Great job by Major League Baseball, you know, kind of loosen up. I think this should definitely be a tradition, whether it's, you know, Field of Dreams continued every year or just, you know, other games like this, like, you know, international games or, or you know, a specific location, other sports movies, you know, connect non-baseball fans to the game. Um I, you know, the NFL does a really nice one in Mexico City every year. Um, and I think, you know, MLB would do that. NBA, they, no, they don't do it anymore. But, you know, they used to do preseason in China. You know, something like that. I think, you know, MLB, I, I think Colin Coward, I watch him a lot on uh, Fox Sports, The Herd. Um, he put it great. You know, he, he said MLB, Major League Baseball, needs to loosen up. They need to, you know, put this, make it a tradition and expand, do more stuff like this. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, specifically this Field of Dreams game, I'll talk more about, you know, what they need to do because there's a lot. Um, you know, I, I don't think you really need to fix baseball. I think you need to, you know, kind of tweak it, expand it, make it, you know, a more 
a more global game. Um, but this Field of Dreams game was awesome. You know, it, it happened to be an exciting game. Uh, you know, it, it could have not even been the best game, best performance from the two teams, but it was set up at least by Major League Baseball to be a great game. Um, I noticed, I mean, the ball flew out of the ballpark. No doubt about that. We, I don't know the exact number of home runs, but we saw a ton. We saw two great starting pitchers, even though the score, you know, wasn't pretty from the pitching side, you know, Andrew Heaney and Lance Lynn, I thought both pitched pretty well with a few, you know, maybe blips in the scorecard, a lot of home runs, but you know, the way the fence was set up. So it was an offensive game, exciting for the fans, had a ton of big stars, two Big market teams, big cities competing for uh, playoff spots right now. I think, you know, Major League Baseball, even if it was a 0-0 through the ninth inning kind of game or or one nothing, you know, they had set it up so that it was going to be exciting. And um, it it happened to be a great game. Once again, Tim Anderson walking off, but great comeback by the Yankees too. They were, looked like they were out of it. Um, Giancarlo Stanton had a big home run, saw Aaron Judge make a few nice plays, and uh, overall, I just thought it was a great experience from the fans' perspective. You know, like, 162 games a year is, is hard for any fan to watch, especially, you know, the length of the games now. You know, for, for one team, if you watch 162 games, that's just a hard thing. But for me, you know, a Red Sox fan, I try to watch as many games as I can, um, I can't watch all of them, but you know, this event made me want to tune in to this game instead of a Red Sox game. I wanted to see this game. I want to see even, you know, I'm a, I'm a Red Sox fan. I don't like the Yankees. I want to see this presentation. I want to see if Major League Baseball is successful at presenting this. You know, I, I want to see the big stars in the game. I want to see two good teams. So I think it was a great uh, way to, you know, bring new fans, kind of expand, um, their audience a bit uh, with this Field of Dreams presentation. I thought it was awesome. You know, uh, Kevin Costner coming out before the game. Um, You know, we got a great, like, every single commercial break coming back in. We got a good look at the field, what's around it. You know, it was just awesome. The cornfield, too, it was just, it was good. And I like the jerseys, you know, the kind of the rustic feel of the stadium. It just was a great experience, um, you know, as a fan's perspective. And uh, I know the players liked it, too. Um, but yeah, that was just an awesome experience. And I definitely think that should be a tradition. It should be continued. It should be expanded so we can see more good, uh, presentations like that from major league baseball in the future. Um, so, I mean, it's all really, I have to say about it. not a lot of negatives. I thought major league baseball, bravo to them on this one. Um, and bravo to Rob Manfred, the commissioner moving on to the NBA and the NFL. Cause that's where a bulk, uh, bulk of the episode will come in play today. NBA, we got NBA Summer League kicking off. A lot of guys have played recently. We're going to take a look at the five standouts, in my opinion. Not necessarily in order, not necessarily the best players. Five guys that stood out to me and, um, you know, and why. So first of all, I got to give it to Trey Jones of the San Antonio Spurs. He put on a show the other night. Um, and for San Antonio, a team that doesn't have a lot going for them right now, this is good. I, you know, Trey Jones to me, I know his brother Tyus didn't exactly pan out. They're both great college players at Duke, but Trey Jones looked amazing the other night. And he's such a Greg Popovich type player, you know, kind of grindy on defense, you know, a little undersized. Um, but he, he plays extremely hard, um, great two-way guy. 
who can probably, I imagine he'll come off the bench, gain some valuable minutes next year um, behind, you know, DeJounte Murray uh, at the point guard position. But Trey Jones put on a show. And as I mentioned, San Antonio, not a lot going for them. Kind of a disappointing offseason. They lost to Rosen. They brought in some vets like McDermott, Thad Young. And then their young core is like all right. But, you know, you never know. Like Popovich, it seems like he wants to compete for a playoff spot now. You know, they're not going anywhere, even if they grab like the eight or nine seed next year. But Trey Jones, you know, he he shows he can be a part of this uh, team's future. Putting on a show, great playmaker, good shooter. You know, he's averaging right now right about 25 points per game, just about a steal per game, seven assists, uh, and shooting extremely efficiently. Three point could go up a bit, uh, but he's still making about a three pointer a game. I'd be satisfied. and I'm excited to see what his role is because uh, Spurs have a lot of young guards. You know, they got Lonnie Walker, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, now Trey Jones. You add him in there. I think Keldon Johnson is kind of like a guard, even though they play him at the three and the four. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. I think, you know, the Spurs have something brewing in that in that young backcourt. So excited to see. Um, excited to see Jones in the regular season. Uh, next, we have Jaden Smith or uh, Jalen Smith. Of the, uh, no, is it? I'm I'm making a mistake here. It is Jalen Smith. Okay, I said Jaden at first, uh, but he was the tenth overall pick in last year's draft. A lot of people forget because Phoenix was you know so bad two years ago. They got a high draft pick this year. They're in the finals, and we did not see this guy touch the floor in the playoffs at all. I didn't really see him that much in the regular season. But for a team that picked him tenth overall, we did not see him touch the floor. Even when they kind of needed a backup center behind DeAndre Ayton, they ended up kind of you know, moving in Frank Kaminsky towards the end of their playoff run. He played all right. They gave him a little contract extension this summer. Um, but Jalen Smith, I'm excited to see him in the regular season because this dude is a beast. He's leading right now. Uh, last time I checked, he is leading the summer league in rebounds at 12.5 per game. He's also shooting the ball, um, not great down low. His actually, his field goal percentage is pretty low, but he's scoring about 16 a game, you know, pair that with the rebounds. He's big, uh, you know, towering defensively is a big duty. He kind of looks like DeAndre Ayton. Um, and I, I think he can be a valuable piece. You know, the Suns, we don't know what their future is going to be, uh, without probably Chris Paul. I imagine he'll stay there for another, you know, few years, but I don't know if he's going to be there for the next four years playing at that high level. they got a good young core. But I think this man could be a, could be a part of it. I'm excited to see what his role is next year with the team. Um, I expect him to be the backup big man. You know, they can probably slot Kaminsky in at the four and the five as kind of a stretch four. But um, Jaden Smith, I, a lot of promise, a lot of promise. He's been consistent. Um, you know, just a big physical big man, kind of like DeAndre Ayton, who can kind of relieve him at the end of games. You know, we saw with the Bucks, the team that they played in the finals. I mean, they had Brooke Lopez, who's a solid big man. You know, I think Ayton's a lot better, but they had Portis, that big energy guy off the bench. And I think Jalen Smith was kind of, you know, that kind of the missing piece for Phoenix uh, downloading, you know, kind of match Portis's energy. He's big, good defensively, can score the ball offensively, we know now in the preseason. A lot of people didn't like this pick last year. You know, he's kind of a, a raw prospect out of Maryland. Didn't really show a lot of, you know, promise in the season. But he's been balling out in the summer league. 
next, we have Sharif Cooper of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I kind of doubted him a bit. I, you know, there was a lot of concerns about his jump shot. Well, this dude is leading the uh, summer league right now in assists. He's got about nine per game, uh, which is crazy. Uh, scoring the ball extremely well at about 18, per, uh, 18 points per game. Shooting, shooting it well, right near 40% from the three-point line. And he's shooting the ball a lot, too. I mean, he's taking about 15 shots per game. About five of those are threes. And, uh, you know, he's just doing a tremendous job offensively. Good playmaker who can kind of, you know, be that guy behind Trey Young. I know Young plays most of the games, but in the regular season, you know, guys like Trey Young aren't going to play all 82, and they're not going to play, you know, 48 minutes every 82 games. You know, maybe in the playoffs we'll see him do that. But Sharif Cooper, I really like now what they did in the draft. You know, him and Jalen Johnson, the other rookie that they took in the first round, um, are really, you know, promising young talents. They kind of fell down the board. Hawks scooped them up, and uh, they look to be – this Hawks team is looking scary. Uh, you know, they're, they're young. They are promising. Cooper is a great playmaker besides Trey Young. You could even play these two together. You know, get Trey Young off ball on those threes coming off off-ball screens. Have Sharif as your point guard. I love that combination right there, but um, really promising. And, uh, you know, I'll add Jalen Johnson to that, uh, too, because both in the same club, both showing a lot of promise. Uh, Next on the list is Aaron Neesmith of the Boston Celtics. This guy was picked 16th or maybe 15th overall last season, I believe 16th, out of Vanderbilt. It's kind of a pure shooter, and we did not see him. As a Celtics fan, I barely saw him touch the floor um, last season. You know, he was kind of, you know, he'll hang around. You don't even notice he's there in the corner. He'll knock down a three, miss one, he's out of the game. But um, he, he's he been showing a lot of promise in the summer league. 33 points per game, or 33 in a game. He's averaging 19 right now, uh, but shooting the ball well, right near 40% from the three-point line, um, you know, making over half his shots from the field and 15 per game. And this Celtics team is looking scary. I mean, him and Peyton Pritchard have been working well. He's been great defensively, too. Um, I think Neesmith, I, I think at the end of this season, we could see him as a starter right there in Boston. Um, you know, showing a lot of promise. P- Pritchard, who was actually selected behind him at the very back end of the first round, got a lot more playing time than Neesmith in the regular season. They've both been balling out, though. And, uh, and Neesmith is, you know, looking good. I, I really The Celtics, as a Celtics fan... Uh, they have a lot of young guys who haven't seen the floor yet. You know, Langford, Carson Edwards, Waters, uh, even Taco Fall, who's not in the pre- uh, not in the summer league right now because he's still a free agent. But it's good to see these guys hit the floor. Neesmith proved that he can score on all three levels. And we'll see if it translates uh, at the NBA level. I expect to see him at least off the bench getting, you know, an opportunity, more of an opportunity to score the basketball next season. I think he can take on kind of an Evan Fournier type role um, uh, off the bench like last season. Uh, for my fifth guy, it's kind of, you know, between two. I'll give the edge to uh, to Desmond Bain here, the Memphis Grizzlies. Big physical guy at a TCU. Of course, we had no summer league last season. Um, you know, so this guy, we really didn't get to see him. We didn't get to see him a whole lot on the floor um, as a Grizzly. But it's good to see him now. He, you know, he's right up there with the top guys in the scoring column, averaging about 24 per game, shooting the three ball extremely well right now. He's only played two games, but 
in shooting four and a half attempt, uh, six and a half attempts, making four and a half of those, uh, which gives him about 70% from the three-point line, which is ridiculous. I don't expect that to stay, but he's been awesome. He's physical, getting assists, getting a lot of steals. This guy is showing a lot of promise. Memphis, a young team, uh, you know, they got John Morant, uh, you know, Jaron Jackson, not a whole lot going for them. They don't really know what that, you know, core is going to look like in a few years. Add Desmond Bain to the list. He is my guy there. Uh, next, we'll talk about LiAngelo Ball a bit, um, whether he'll make the team. Um, now, I, I'm just going to keep this quick because I do realize we are going uh, a little long here. But I, I think LiAngelo Ball is probably going to make this Hornets team. Um, now, I think it's the right decision to maybe give him a one-year deal. I would probably go with a two-way deal. That way, if you guys don't know, you know, you can kind of go back and forth between the G League and uh, the NBA, um, kind of move them around as the general manager so you have flexibility. Um, and uh, you have 40 days in the NBA before you have to you know, decide whether to keep the guy, send him to the G League, or just release him or whatever. I think that would be the move for LiAngelo Ball because it is the summer league. I, you know, I said it with a lot of the standouts. You know, it's just the summer league. We have seen guys who haven't panned out who played well in the summer league, and that's why you know I kind of say with every guy, you know, we'll see if this translates to the NBA level. But here's what it looks like if it does. Um, and LiAngelo Ball right now is the second leading scorer in the Hornets. He has been you know a good pure scorer off the bench. I like that he's getting the opportunity, shooting the ball pretty well. Um, I'd like to see the field goal percentage go up a little bit, but he's been good from three. He seems to, you know, not be, uh, my big concern was him taking shots that are out of the flow of the offense, but he's been flowing with them. His chemistry with his brother, the, you know, the leader of this young core. I say give him a shot. That's, that's just my opinion. I, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the, the ball brothers coming in, but they proved me wrong so far. Um, we'll see how that goes down the road, but if I'm, I'm, if I'm Charlotte, you know, this guy, this guy's shown promise. I'd give him a two-way deal, possibly a one-year. Um, and I think that's probably what they'll do. He's been the talk of the town. I, I do need to see a little bit more out of him um, for him to really solidify like a, a contract. But he's been good. He's been pretty good defensively, surprisingly. Um, you know, I envision him as kind of a pure scorer. But he's kept the turnovers down. He's been within the flow of the offense. Not trying to do too much. But he is shooting it uh, pretty well, scoring it pretty well. I'd give him a contract if I'm the Hornets. Next, we'll get into the quarterback battles. And I'm going to go over all these um, and then say who's going to win, who the two guys are, and why. Start off with the Saints. Keeping it simple here, the answer is Jameis Winston is going to be on Taysom Hill. I know we saw Hill start last season. But let's be honest. You know, who is more of a quarterback, Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? Just not who's better, it's, it's Jameis Winston as the quarterback. The thing is, if you start Taysom Hill, you don't use Jameis Winston. No, you have to wait until, you know, Hill slows down, then you put Winston in, and then Hill would go back to being a Swiss Army knife of Champagne's offense, especially with a lot of their, you know, skill players now gone. You know, you don't see Emmanuel Sanders. We probably won't see Michael Thomas play much next season. You know, you really got Traquan Smith and Adam Trotman on the outside um, as, you know, your, your receivers. 
Um, but that's not great. You know, you want Taysom Hill out there. I think he's valuable to this offense, at, not as a quarterback. And you can even play him, you know, for some snaps as their quarterback. But Jameis Winston showed a lot of promise in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, he, he does need to limit the turnovers, but I think he will. You know, Sean Payton makes the offense easy for quarterbacks. So I think Winston will actually have some success. You know, he invokes fear into his opponents. Yeah, he'll probably throw a pick a game, but Sean Payton makes this offense easy for him, throws for a lot of yards like he did in Tampa. Um, I think he'll have a lot of success, especially with Alvin Kamara, nice receiving back at of the backfield. Next, we go to the Washington football team. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick will beat out Taylor Heineke. Um, Heineke did it on a very tough stage in the playoffs versus the Super Bowl champions, coming at him, not a lot of offensive weapons, and a great defense that was blitzing him the, basically the same way that they did to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and he played extremely well. Um, you know, a guy who was coming off of like taking college classes like a few weeks before he actually got this opportunity, he was great. But let's be honest, Fitzpatrick's the veteran. He's the fill-in guy who can get you, you know, a solid one to two years of production, even towards the, you know, very tail end of his career. Um, so I think Fitzpatrick will beat him out. Excited to see how Heineke does in the preseason, though. But um, I think Ron Rivera wants a stabilizer before he really decides to take a shot at Heineke. If Fitzpatrick is struggling and Heineke is doing well, in training camp or, you know, midway through the season, then you maybe make a move. But I think they're in good hands with, you know, uh, reliable, stabilizing veteran presence in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Next is the Denver Broncos. This is probably the toughest battle uh, for me to decide. But I'm going to go with Drew Locke to beat out Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's the right decision. Um, You know, what it comes down to is this. They took Drew Locke. He was supposed to go in the first round, and I thought they might get him in the first round a few years ago. Instead, he falls to the second, um, and at the top of the second round, they pick him. This year, they traded a sixth-round pick to get Teddy Bridgewater. Who's more valuable? It's got to be Drew Locke. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't really come down to who's better because it's such a tight battle. We saw Drew Locke. I saw Drew Locke last night play actually a really nice game. Bridgewater played pretty well, too. Vic Fangio said it's still, you know, very... 50-50, very close, but you're taking more of a chance with Drew Locke. You know what you're getting. I would at least test him out at the beginning of the season. He's got a big arm. He trained this offseason with Peyton Manning, working hard for that starting job. And the thing is with Teddy Bridgewater, you know what you're getting. Halfway through the season, team struggling, defense reliable, then you put in Teddy Bridgewater. Locke is more familiar with this offense, though. I think he has more shot to you know boom. He is more boom or bust, but... With a team that's got, you know, not a lot to lose. Vic Fangio, this is probably his last year as the head coach of the Broncos. Um, Unless they, you know, really splash. They need a splash. They need Drew Locke in there, um, at least to start the season. I don't, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. But it's really going to come down to the preseason, too, for that one. Excited to see uh, how they both fare. They played pretty well, um, you know, last night. But we'll see. Next is the New England Patriots. Not going to explain this one uh, a lot because I did explain it um, in my podcast. You guys can listen to that, check it out. Cam Newton will beat out Mac Jones, despite Jones actually having a good night uh, two nights ago against the football team. But Cam Newton will win that one. Uh, Next, I'll go to the Jaguars last because that's more of a clear-cut answer, I think. But uh, 
San Francisco 49ers. You got Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo will beat out Trey Lance to be the starter. A lot of people are doubting me right now, but I think that's what's going to happen, especially after we saw last night. Trey Lance, he did make that pretty good throw. It was an 80-yard touchdown pass, but that accounted for nearly all of his yards. He was 5 of 14, did not look that sharp. I wasn't a big Trey Lance fan coming into the draft. I had him ranked fourth on my quarterback board. I think I had him actually fifth. I had him fifth on my quarterback board. Yes, I had Mac Jones ahead of him. I, I would still stand by that. I think that Lance will maybe have an easier path than a lot of these guys because he's playing in Kyle Shanahan's offense. you got George Kittle healthy. you got good receivers, a boatload of running backs, good offensive line, healthy defense, hopefully. Um, but, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, nothing – you know, he, he's so nothing totally wrong with him, right? He's an average quarterback. He, they made the Super Bowl. I know he didn't do a lot, but they made the Super Bowl with him two years ago. Last year, it went downhill. Everybody was hurt. This year, you bring in number three pick. I know you take a lot to get to him, but Trey Lance needs time. He's playing at North Dakota State. You give him some time. The preseason, we still have a lot of time left for him. You start Jimmy Garoppolo to begin the season, see where it goes from there. I've, I, you know, I, I, I know I'm kind of going against my Drew Locke pick here, but in my eyes, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. I think Drew Locke right now is a better quarterback than Trey Lance. I'm going with Jimmy Garoppolo to start the season. That one depends more on the preseason, but I think Shanahan should feel more comfortable. I don't know if he does. I think he should feel more comfortable going into week one with Jimmy Garoppolo as a starter unless Trey Lance really wows in the preseason. I know he's been wowing in training camp. That's totally different than the preseason. I want to see him in more games. But that's going to be a tight battle, though. I would not be surprised if Trey Lance wins that one. I think that's the expected outcome from a lot of fans right now, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo wins that battle. Next, we go to the Chicago Bears. This is a simple answer for me. Justin Fields deserves the starting job. He played tremendous last night. And Andy Dalton, you really know what you're getting. You know, he was an injury replacement fill-in guy for Dak Prescott last year. Yeah, he'll win you some games. He is not the answer. When they made that signing of Andy Dalton, I just, oh my, I'm not a Bears fan, but I was like, oh, I feel so bad for the Bears fans. I mean, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, I think this is one of their final years as as Bears uh, executives, unless... They give Justin Fields the opportunity to start at week one. You take the chance. If he doesn't pan out, fine, whatever. Put Andy Dalton in, wait another year for him. You're probably gone, new front office, new coach, whatever. Justin Fields is the key to this team, I think, though. I think he's going to be successful. I had him as my number three. Very close battle with Zach Wilson. But I, I think you have more of a shot with Justin Fields. Andy Dalton, too. The problem is you don't have a lot of weapons on that offense. You get, yeah, you get a lot of running backs now, actually. But it's Allen Robinson and really nobody else. Darnell Mooney is, is kind of, you know, he has the chance to be a number two wide receiver, but he has the chance. He's not even established as number two. He'll um, be, a, you know, a decent slot guy, give you, you know, some speed underneath. But Justin Fields can make those athletic plays. He's, he's got a strong arm. You're taking a chance with him, and I think he can flourish. In a division that is, you know, competitive, but, um, you know, you know, the Lions aren't going to be that great this year. I think the Vikings, 
it'll probably be you know the same, maybe a more improved defense. Green Bay is looking sharp now with Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know how that's going to pan out. I think you take the chance with Justin Fields. You had a good defense behind you. Um, pretty, you know, decent offense, but it's elevated with Justin Fields as the quarterback. You can see in the preseason. I do need to see more of him, but Justin Fields, I think, should win that job. Next, we go to the Jaguars. I think this is going to be a closer battle than people think between Minshew and Lawrence. I didn't see a lot great from Lawrence last night. Uh, it wasn't his fault. He got sacked like two times in the first drive. He's going to have some woes as a rookie. I think more woes than people expect. You know, not, not, that, not that great. He's, he, you know, he has some weapons, but Urban Meyer's getting used to the field the NFL. You know, they don't have a great offensive line. They don't have a good defense. You know, they're in a, a somewhat tough division. Uh, you know, Houston's not that great, but yeah, Tennessee, good. Colts, depending on healthy, uh, they look good. I would give the job to number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. It's tough for me to see Gardner Minshew beat him out, but it could happen. Gardner Minshew is motivated. He is fighting for his life. He's fighting for his job because, you know, if he doesn't make if he doesn't make this, you know, he is traded, gone somewhere else, probably going to be a career backup. I don't know if a lot of other teams are going to give him a chance as a starter. Um, but I'm going with the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. I think Urban Meyer drafted him number one for a reason. I think he knew it was going to be somewhat of a battle. I think Minshew's going to put up a fight. But Trevor Lawrence, I believe, will be the starter week one. But I would not be shocked to see Gardner Minshew be named the week one starter. Um, he, I know they benched him last season. That was because they were trying to get the number one pick. They were trying to get Lawrence. They wanted to you know, keep his trade value where it's at instead of risking you know, up or down. This year, new head coach, new system. Minshew has a shot, but I think Lawrence will beat him out. That's going to be an exciting battle, though. That is really, like, I I want that to be the Hard Knocks team. I know they can't do it because Urban Meyer's a first-year head coach, so they're not eligible for it, but that would be a fun team to watch on Hard Knocks. Uh, speaking of Hard Knocks, Cowboys coming up. I am, still have not watched the first episode, but that will be a topic for next week as more of them roll out. Um, then we, we also, I'm, I'm going to just talk briefly about the Steelers before I go, because I think Dwayne Haskins, this isn't a battle for the starting job, but I think Dwayne Haskins is a new guy here in Pittsburgh. I think he is going to beat out Mason Rudolph, um, as you know, to be Ben, big Ben's replacement next year or maybe in two years, whenever it is. And, uh, I think Rudolph is probably out of Pittsburgh. And Dwayne Haskins, he's been throwing a lot better in the preseason. I still need to see a little bit more of him. But this is a young team on offense, the exception of the offensive line, um, which needs a little bit of work. Pretty young defense, though. Dwayne Haskins and the Steelers are going to be fun to watch a year from now. With Big Ben, I think he had a chance at maybe a wild card this year. But uh, I think Dwayne Haskins, by the way, is going to beat out uh, Mason Rudolph as the backup quarterback. But we got a lot more rookie quarterbacks to come this weekend. Going to be fun to watch. A lot of NFL preseason action. Make sure to tune in. We'll have some posts on the Instagram. Uh, giving you guys, you know, the updates on those rookie quarterbacks. That's going to be fun to watch. Got a lot of NFL content coming up. Uh, preseason will continue for the next week. Um, and, yeah, this has been a fun episode. Uh, give me some feedback down below. I know I'm still rolling out, um, you know, some first episodes here but uh this has been exciting it's been fun got a lot to talk about uh, for next week too but please give us some feedback down below 
Um, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know if you want to be on the show. I'm always looking for special guests. Um, but thank you guys for listening. This has been the weekly wrap-up show with Chris Carr here on the All-American Sports Podcast, and I will see you next week. Peace.